to sobriety. I'm your host Daniel O'Reilly aka Dapper Laughs and I'm really excited to introduce my next guest, something a little bit different to what we've had um, leading up to this. It's our first lady on the podcast so we're going to get an awesome perspective um, on uh, on drinking and uh, addiction and everything like that. Uh, it's Claire Pooley. She spent nearly 20 years in the world of advertising, working hard, playing hard and drinking harder. In 2015, uh, she realised her alcohol consumption was a little bit out of control and she quit drinking and she started writing a blog called uh, Mummy Was a Secret Drinker uh, by Way of Therapy. The blog went viral. It became a memoir the Sober Diaries. Claire then turned uh, to fiction. Her debut novel, novel The Auth- Authenticity Project, was New York Times bestseller. Wow. Uh, <laughs> a Radio 2 book club pick and was translated into 30 languages and won the RNA Debut Novel Award. I didn't write that, obviously. I got my PA to write that, <laughs> but I wanted to make sure I got it correct. Uh, and... I read the book. Uh, well, I didn't read the book. I listened to the audio book because my attention span is uh, shocking. But let me introduce Claire Pooley. Hello. Hello. It's so good to be here. Nice, Thanks, nice to meet you. Um, and you. Do, first of all, do you know who I am? Did you know? Did you? Um, you know what? I did after I Googled you. Yeah, wow. <laughs> and you still came on the podcast. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Cause... I thought, look, you know, we are very different people. Yes. But. You know, the thing about addiction is yeah. everybody's experience of addiction is so spookily yeah. similar. You know, I get people reading my book saying, I thought I'd have absolutely nothing in common with you whatsoever yeah. because you're a middle class mum from Fulham. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. you know, what have I got in common with yeah. you? And and then they say, but actually everything you mm. said, I was like, yeah, me too. Me too. You know, yeah. so I've made some great friends through <laughs> yeah. this whole thing. Well, I wanted to get you on and I was so, well, surprised when you said, yeah, but I was so delighted when you said yeah because um uh as as a i guess i guess as an addict i guess i hate calling myself that but i guess that's what it is but you know i get addicted to everything you know i'm addicted to boxing i'm addicted to my fitness or i'm addicted to my comedy or my social media and i became addicted when i went sober to learning about sobriety and mm. trying to find other yeah, things me and, too. <laughs> and i started reading a variety of books and um this your book i picked up and i couldn't put it down and it's brilliant because it, it, it's like, look, day, day, day zero, zero, zero. And then it's like, oh, you know, it goes up in days all the way up to day 365, isn't it? Mm, it's, yeah, and, yeah. and it's literally your diary through it. And the reason why I connected with it is because for me, my early parts of sobriety, you count the days. Yeah, you, you really, really do. do. Um, and you know what? When I first quit, um, I read loads of stuff too. I had this whole stack of books <laughs> under my bed and and I read loads of memoirs and yeah. uh, some self-help books and stuff and the memoirs were all about people's drinking years. Mm. So it was all about look at all the stupid things I did when I was drinking. Wasn't it terrible? And then you get to the end and they go and then I quit and now life is fine. And I thought, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, w- so many questions. Yeah. You know, I want to know how you quit. Was it easy? Was it hard? How long did it take to start feeling normal again? You know, what's mm. the first week like? Mm. What can I expect? Will my friends ever talk to me again Mm. you know I mean I had so many questions and I didn't I couldn't find the answers to those questions and that's why I wanted to to publish that book because I want I didn't want anyone else to be sit sat there Mm. feeling you know totally alone totally Mm. ashamed and and not knowing what to expect so you basically you document 
you document what, what you learn as you learn it mm, and, yeah. and the journey that you're going through. But it started off, so you, you're, you're not, um, obviously you worked in the world of advertising um, and you started by writing I mean, this is, I don't know if people still do this. Is it still a thing? Blogging? Blog, I don't yeah. think it is a thing anymore. Yeah. You know? so, so this was back in 2015. And, you know, I, I knew I had to quit drinking and I didn't want to quit drinking. I thought my life would be totally over. Yeah. But, I mean, I just come to the conclusion that there was no other option because mm. I tried moderating for, you know, for years. Yeah. And, and let's not go there. I mean, it was just impossible. So, um so I knew I had to quit and I was too ashamed to talk to anyone. I didn't talk to my friends. I didn't talk to my family. I didn't talk to my GP. I, I didn't want to go to AA, you know, so, but I knew I had to get it off my chest. So I thought, well, you know, when I was a teenager, I used to write a diary. So I thought, I'll write a diary again. But then I thought, well, nobody writes diaries anymore. They do blogs. You know, that's mm -hmm. the sort of mm -hmm. like modern thing. Yeah. So I started this blog. I had no idea what I was doing. I couldn't do any pictures or anything. It was just words. Martin, yeah. And I just, I just splurged onto this. And I did it anonymously. So I called myself Sober Mummy. And the blog was called Mummy Was a Secret Drinker. And every day I wrote this sort of black comedy about mm. what I was going through. And I didn't really expect anything to go mm. anywhere because I didn't publicize it because I was too, you know, again, yeah. I was too embarrassed about the whole thing. But it just sort of took off. Um, and, you know, within a year, I'd had over a million hits. And then you know, within two years, three million. And, um, you know, and, and I just, yeah, it was it was an extraordinary thing. I found people like me all over mm. the world. And I would sort of sort of spill my secrets and people would go, yeah, me too, me too. And you didn't you know? feel so alone. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I think I can definitely relate to that because, I mean, I'm I'm a little bit more, uh, you know, I wear my heart on my sleeve with my audience I'm, I'm, I, and, and I feel like my social media is a form of therapy for me too. Mm. Like you did with the blog, you're like, it's all stuck inside. You're like, I just want to get it out and say it. Um, but... I, I'm I'm quite brutal. I, I think I, I think it's important for me to share both the good and the bad. And and you know, not everyone's liked hearing what I've had to say uh, mm. because my journey has been quite different. But one thing that I I did relate to in your book, and one thing that I'm because I'm a hundred and something days in now, mm. and I'm still get, how many how many years are you now? Nearly eight. Wow. Yeah. Um. And at the beginning, tell me if this is the, similar to you. The, the the clarity that you get at the beginning is quite is uh, is quite intimidating because you start remembering mm. a lot of stuff that you were doing. And there's a part in the book at the beginning where you spoke about, um, you know, the realization that it, how 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 it turned into 10 bottles uh, of wine a week. Yeah. Where you're just like, so you'd come back, you know, you've had a stressful day, you'd open a bottle of wine, you'd have a few glasses, but then you'd pop that one away. So when your husband come back, you could open a fresh yeah. one and you two enjoy <laughs> yeah. one and you'd drink more of it. And then, you know, or on a Saturday, you know, you were talking about nursing a hangover in the morning and you're like, well, you didn't want to have a glass of wine uh, before 12, but you'd pop it in a mug so no one knew. And, you know, it's, it, seems quite, it seems quite innocent at the time, but when you look back on it, you're like... Jesus. Yeah. That's well, 10 it, bottles it, of wine. It really creeps up on you gradually because that's what drugs do, right? You know, they just sort of, you, it takes more and more of the drug to do, you know, to do the thing you want it to do, which with, you know, for me was to, you know, to numb everything and to, you know, make me feel more relaxed and chilled and, you know, all that sort of stuff. Um, and, you know, in the, it, back in the beginning, I would mm. pour one large glass of wine at the end of the day and that would do the trick. And then, 
it became two glasses and became three glasses. My glasses were really big, right? <laughs> yeah. They were like buckets. So three glasses of wine is is a whole bottle. Um, so, you know, just on a regular weekday, I was drinking a bottle of wine a day mm. and then at weekends too. Um, but, you know, it, I rarely appeared drunk. So, you know, if you, nobody said to me, I think you've got a problem with alcohol. Mm, it mm. was completely sort of, you know, it, it was only me that knew how bad it had got. And, you know, when you're drinking 10 bottles of wine a week, and remember sort of, you know, women metabolize wine, you know, alcohol differently. So 10 bottles of wine for a woman is equivalent to, you know, a lot more for a man. Um, so, uh, so I was drinking 10 bottles of wine a week and, you know, I was massively overweight. I was really anxious all the time um, mm. and and just sort of on edge. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't sleeping. You know, I'd wake up mm. at four o'clock in the morning, sort of hating myself and not able to get back to sleep again. And I just, I was a really bad mum. You know, I spent yeah. the whole time running away from my kids to, to sort of open a bottle of wine. Yeah. So... I related to that in your book as well. Um, the reason why I went sober was because um, ultimately the the alcohol was was like a constant uh, battle for me. Mm. I was I, I felt like very much like yourself. I was either drunk or hungover majority of the time. Yeah. So yeah. I was either dealing with a hangover or I was on the piss. And then the drugs was a problem for me as well. Mm. Um, I was in into that sort of sesh culture, which was creeping up on me and the fallout from that with my partner and then just being a shit dad by handing the iPads to the girls and not having not having the time in the morning and and the guilt just crept up on me and there was one too many bust ups and now like I said the clarity now looking back on that it's it's quite it's it's hard to look back on but I think to myself I was never operating I don't know if I, I don't know if you agree with this now, but especially being as sober as you are. I was never operating at base level. Like, no, me you know, neither. I, I but never, I didn't realize that. You yeah. know, that was you don't until you're sober, me, do you? you? Know? Well, it's it's weird. It's like I try and explain it to people, and it's sort of because alcohol numbs everything. You know, it's sort of, and that's why you do it. You do it to numb the sort of fear and to numb the anxiety and and or to, boredom. You know, or boredom. You know, you know yeah. all those sorts of things. So you do it to numb all those emotions. And what you don't realize is that when you're taking the edge off all the 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 bad stuff you're mm. also taking the edge off all the good stuff you yeah. know so it's a bit like it's a bit like if you're watching TV, an old fashioned tv and you turn down the contrast and everything just becomes more muted and when you quit drinking it's like you suddenly turn the tv up to technical yeah. and it's like whoa yeah. <laughs> you know and it's it's mm. hard to deal with initially because you're not used to it you're not used to all those you know mm. all those emotions all those mm. good of, and bad yeah yeah good and bad um but but that's the thing it is really good as well as being yeah. really hard um it's just much more yeah, so it's it's mm. much more vibrant the whole thing. Yeah, so you said in your book that you um you you decided at some, at one point that your you know your job was your job was taking you away from doing what you really wanted to do. I, I again I keep even though we are worlds apart, I can relate to even though you're mm. a woman and I'm a man and what I did <laughs> for a living and what, and our backgrounds, I can relate to so much. Um, you know, we all want to be good parents. And we think we are being good parents. Mm. But when you take a proper look at what you're doing and where your priorities are, sometimes you can see you're not. And you said that you you quit your job. So you had a big job in, in advertising. Is mm. that right? Yeah. And was that, was that a big um, cause of drinking for you? Do you uh, know what I mean? Yeah, it was. Well, you know, I mean, I... I grew up in the, um, I mean, I was in my 20s in the 1990s. Yeah. So 
Uh, back then, it was all um, absolutely fabulous. Sex and the City, Bridget Jones. They always had a glass of wine in yeah, their hands. Yeah, and, and the Ladettes at Zoe Ball yeah. and, you know, Denise Van Outen, all of that sort of scene. And, you know, back then, if you were a strong, you know, independent feminist woman, you drank like the guys drank. That's just sort of, yeah. it was just part of the whole thing. So, you know, I didn't think it was bad to drink by myself because Bridget Jones drank by herself. Yeah. You know, Carrie and Sex and the City drank by herself. You know, I mean, it was just sort of it's what independent mm. women did. Yeah. And um, and then I went into advertising where drinking was all part of the culture. So we had a bar in the office and a wow. lot of the business went on in the bar. And I had a huge great expense account for taking clients out. And I would take people out two or three nights a week to the best restaurants and clubs and stuff in London and drink. You yeah. know, so uh, so it was, you know, it was all part of that scene back then. And. And then I got to the stage where my third child was born and I thought, I can't carry on burning the candle at both ends like this. It's just sort of it's doing my head in. So I thought I'm going to quit for a bit and just be a stay-at-home mum and I'm going to be do the motherhood thing really well. That wasn't <laughs> that, that didn't go quite the way yeah. I expected. Yeah, because in your in your in your in your book you said you just started drinking even more. Yeah, I mean I I guess I mean I didn't realise how hard it how hard it was going to be, you know, and it's a huge privilege sort of, you know, mm. spending time with your kids. But by the end of the day, you're knackered. Yeah, and you want to kill them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But what you do, you know, and what you want is a bit of adult time and me yeah. time. And and for me, having a, a glass of wine was my way of segueing into the mm. evening. It's my time now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, and as you say, I would drink a couple of glasses and then put, mm. hide the bottle and open another one when the husband got home. Yeah. So, yeah. How, um, how, um, yeah. So this is, this is the scary thing, I think, for, for people. Like, if that's your crutch, if that's what you're going to go to, if people like, you know, loads of people out there will be like, well, I drink every night. It's not an issue. How do you know if it's an issue? We spoke about this briefly before we started. <laughs> how do you know if drinking's an oh, issue? You know what? Um, I think I, I think there are lots of little signs that. So yeah. For a start, I think if you drink a lot by yourself, then it's an issue because, you know, if, if you if you're drinking for social lubrication, you know, you're going out with your mates. That's one thing. If it's <clears> like <throat> self medication, yeah. Uh, drinking by yourself <clears throat> to sort of take the edge off. That sort of mm. that's when it starts becoming slightly worrying. If you ever find yourself Googling, am I an alcoholic? Did you do that? <laughs> loads. <laughs> yeah. Loads. I did that for about 10 years. Yeah. Um, and and you know what? I, I discovered I was asking myself the wrong question because I spent ages trying to work out, was I an alcoholic? And actually, you know, it's a red herring. You know, the what you should be asking is, is alcohol messing with my life? Yes. And if I'd asked that question, I think mm. I would have done something about it a lot earlier. But I got hung up on this. Oh, if I'm not an alcoholic, I don't have to stop drinking. And if I am an alcoholic, I do. And I didn't know how to find out whether I was one or not. It was sort of, mm. yeah. So so that's that's a bit of a red flag, I would say. Yeah. Um, and then I think drinking to, to get rid of a hangover is another... Another red flag, you know, mm. because if people people who don't have an issue with alcohol, you know, have a hangover and think I'm never drinking again. If you do have an issue with alcohol, you have a hangover and you think, oh, the only thing that's going to get rid of this is another drink. Wow, yeah, <laughs> you know? that was me. Yeah, that was me. Um, you know, Monday to f Monday, it's weird our habits, isn't it, and how we justify them? Because mm. Monday to maybe Wednesday or, or, or Thursday and Friday, yeah, 
I, I mean, I'd get pissed, but I wouldn't drink in a day. But if I had a heavy session on a on a Friday night and I woke up Saturday, I'd be like, it's the weekend. I'm drinking it all day through mm, it. Mm. I'm drinking through it. Um, I think when when I think when I ask myself um, how what, what defines whether yeah. I've, I've got a problem with alcohol, I always or because I get a lot of messages on my Instagram and my inbox, and people you know message me saying, oh, I don't know, and da da da. Or I enjoy a drink, or even even with the drugs, cocaine. Mm. I get a lot of people because a lot of my content was based around. I've got a lot of characters based around. I've got like a sesh gremlin, which is like a character that appears when the weekends come, and he's like, let's do drugs. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I think you actually talk about something very similar in your book. Yeah, I talk about the wine witch. The yeah. wine witch. Exactly, it's mad. It's mad. It's like a yeah. It's we all have them. Yeah, yours is. I can visualize right there. Yeah, it's a witch with (laughs) with two bottles of Lambrini or something. Yeah, no, probably not Lambrini. Sorry. Uh, Yeah, sorry, sorry. Um, I think that's partly why they call it spirits because you're you know you're spirited. There's almost something visiting. See, he don't say much, but when he does, wow. Get a put a camera on you. Come on, come on. There he is. Yeah, look. Yeah, it looks like a gremlin. The beer bottle, uh, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, and I think um, I think you know when people ask me, you know, even people even say to me, I, I, j- I still do cocaine, I still do drugs, you know, just mm. at the weekends and stuff like that. And I think to myself, it's very simple. It's very simple. If if alcohol or drugs, and this is this is, I had to really think this to myself. You know, if alcohol and drugs are affecting your mental health or your life mm. or your relationships in a negative way, yeah. Uh, yet you still do it, yeah. then you have a problem. Yeah, and yeah. I could more or less put my finger on alcohol being the main, alcohol and drugs being the main source of all of my issues in my life. Mm, yeah. um, you know, being a shit dad, arguing with my wife, um, messing up work mm. or opportunities, looking like shit, feeling like shit. Yeah, same. It same. was, it was, the, it was. I, t- I tell you something that, that I, I tell people as well is, um, when you you know when you're addicted to something whether it's alcohol or anything actually when it takes up too much space in your head so so you know I got to the point before I quit where even when I wasn't drinking I was thinking about drinking mm. so I was thinking when am I going to have the next drink what am I going to drink have I got enough drink in the cupboard maybe I shouldn't drink today maybe I should leave it till tomorrow maybe I'll just have one drink you know I mean it was just yeah. this constant sort of narrative in my yeah. head which just a took up like way too much space and and also was just exhausting you know mm. it was really sort of um and you know the best thing about quitting is that voice goes away mm. you know people who don't have an issue with alcohol don't think about it when they're not drinking you know mm. so they'll go out and think oh maybe i'll have a drink and they have a drink and then they don't think about it anymore yeah. So that's you know I wasn't I wasn't that person. Yeah, yeah me, neither. me neither. I can't remember the last time I was that person. It was probably about ten years. No, ten years before I quit. So. Yeah, I think um I think for me like now being sober again I'm I'm fairly new to hundred and something days but being sober like when I talk to my to people I mean. A lot of my friends I don't see really anymore. It's very strange. And mm. there's a, quite a few people in my life. It's, I think it's different for men because men Is have Is that the, because they find it difficult that you're <clears throat> drinking or you find it difficult that they haven't? I think it's maybe neither of those things. I think it's more the only thing we had in common was drinking. Okay, yeah. Uh, with, yeah. I'm not saying with all my friends. I'm saying with some of them, they still check in on me. I still talk to them. But some of them, like, the only thing we really enjoyed doing together was getting smashed. Mm. Um, so if we're not doing that, it's like I think there was a period at first where they were like oh we still invite him to the pub do you want to come and I'm like well 
Not really, because like it's like that, and people say people say, look, you can still go there and drink an alcohol-free beer, and da, da, but the only reason I was sat in a pub was to get smashed. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be away from my kids. In fact, for the first time in my life, I think I don't. I, I genuinely don't want to be away from yeah, my kids yeah. and my wife. Whereas, as hard as harsh as it does seem, I used to think, "Fucking hell, I need a break from this lot. I need a break yeah, from this house. Yeah, same, I need same. a break." And but, but really, I think what that voice was saying is, "Let's go drink." Yeah, you know. Um, and <clears throat> I get a lot of people ask ask me, um, "What do you do now?" And and the, the crazy thing is, I found that I have so much free, like you said, space in my mind mm. and free time. Like I do have a lot of free time and my free time is not spent now anxious. Yeah. Yeah. And did you did you find that a hundred days as a watershed? Because people often say to me, look, how long does it take before mm. you start Click. like feeling okay about yeah. it? And and I generally say around a hundred days yeah. is when is when it starts it stops getting harder and starts getting easier. You feel like you've sort yeah. of gone over the 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 top of the mountain, if yeah. you like. Do you feel like that? Yeah, definitely because yeah, because I think because it starts to feel so good. Yeah, it start you you maybe well the positives start outweighing exactly. The Whereas if you only do dry January, say you, it's not long you're, enough. You're going through the hard bit without ever having got as far as the yeah. good bit. So Definitely. people do dry January. That was shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, because you're it's just like, craving. You, of course, it's going to be shit because you yeah. haven't done the good bit yet. You know, yeah. you've got to keep going. Yeah, and I think so. I think an important thing to say is like it's it 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 one hundred percent. It 100% is a complete lifestyle change. But, mm. you know, for me, it was like weighing up. It was weighing up like what what really... And this, I said this to, to one of my friends the other day who he's... Uh, he's currently actually in rehab now. He he watched my journey for a little bit mm. and he was like, you know, messaged me a couple of times and said, oh man, I'm drinking in the morning, every morning. I'm having gin and tonics every morning. And mm. I was like, well, I didn't know that. And I was, he was like, do you think I've got a problem? I was like, 100%. <laughs> I was like, I, I was like, I'm fucking, I've, this is my second attempt at going sober. And I, I was drinking, having t- two or three big sessions a week. Do you know mm. what I mean? Mm. I was never waking up. I wasn't like alcohol or drug dependent. So yeah. Anyway, uh, you know, and he he said, like, what am I going to do? Like, what am I going to do? I'm like, listen, just put it. The only way that you can ever make the choice is when you put the things on your life that are important to you. So for me, my kids and my family Mm. and my mental health because Mm. I was shot to pieces. Yeah. Um, Or what are you talking about? Drink, drugs and going down the pub with your mates. Mm. You know, I feel like the only time people can ever really make a choice is when they realise it's one or the other. Yeah, you yeah. can't. You can't. But it, it is hard because you know if you're a big drinker, um, mm. you know it starts to define you. You know it's how you it's how you choose your friends. It's how you choose how, you know your your activities. It's sort of it's how you see yourself. You know I mm. my you know my kids that for birthdays and Christmases all give me sort of alcohol related stuff, you know, like corkscrews and yeah. bottle stoppers. Yeah, yeah. You you're know? like, alarm bells are ringing. It's like, it's like they, what did the teacher say when you went to pick up your daughter? Oh, yeah. um, a long time ago when my, my little one was about, she was just learning to read. She was about so five or six. And um, I picked her up from school and her teacher said, she said, oh, I had a really funny conversation with your little girl this morning. And she said, oh, we were reading a book called A Cup of Tea. And I said, does mummy like a cup of tea? And she says, no, mummy likes a glass of wine. Oh, God. <laughs> and, you know, and I went, ha, ha, ha. But inside I was thinking, oh, shit, you know, yeah. that's really not very good. I, yeah. And actually one of the best things I think about <laughs> quitting is, is you know, you feel like I, I'm just a much better parent and yeah. I'm, I feel like I'm a much better role model too because yeah. – 
You know, I think teaching your kids, because kids learn from watching, not yeah. they, they, they yeah. don't learn from what you say, they learn from what yeah. you do. Um, and if your kids see you dealing with every bad thing in life, with alcohol, with alcohol or drugs or something, then they will learn that that is the way yeah. that adults deal with bad stuff. Yeah. You know, if they see you dealing with stuff head on and going through it sort of sober, yeah. then they'll learn that that is possible. So mm. it's it's quite... You know, it's it's quite an important thing, I think, to sort yeah. of, you know, to to teach them that it is possible to deal with stuff without a prop. Yeah, I think me and you definitely one hundred percent have that in common. Where the where the main pushing point and motivation was our children. Mm. Um, and I had the I don't know where it came from. Well, I do know where it came from. It, it came from uh, my wife, sort of not physically, but shaking me and saying, mm. "Look, you know," because I caused cause of mayhem do you know what I mean through <laughs> through through hangovers uh, drunken episodes and everything like that and um I I I thought I just thought to myself I don't know where the thought come from but it, it empowered me and I thought to myself you know what do I want them to remember mm-hmm. do you know what I mean how did I want them to remember and I thought to myself look I'm a good dad I've got a nice house you know they've got you know uh, you know whatever I'm yeah, a good I'm yeah. a good dad but if I looked back on the last four years, what have they seen? I'm hungover every weekend. Mm. I'm having arguments with with their mum because I'm staying out all night or drinking and stuff like that. And that's going to compound and compound mm. and compound over mm. years to just basically being a grey, horrible childhood. Well, well, also think about it this way: like you know, those the time in your life when you have small kids goes really fast. It's like psh, you know, and then suddenly they're teenagers and they've left home, you know, and. When you're drinking or you're doing those drugs or whatever your addiction is, um, you spend your whole life wishing days away. So, you know, so I would try not to drink too much during the week and I would wait until, you know, the Friday night, Saturday night and sort of then go on a sort of, you know, big session. Yeah. Um, But it meant that from Monday... You were like, come on the weekend, come come on. on." You know, I want to get through Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So Mm. actually Thursday is more or less the weekend anyway. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And, you know, you spend... And then you end up spending days hungover thinking I want to get rid of this day too and there's very few days that you're not trying to get rid of for some yeah, reason or other yeah. and the ones that you're not trying to get rid of you can barely remember because you were too pissed yeah. <laughs> so actually yeah. you're effectively you're wishing away their childhood yeah, you're, you're wishing, wishing away, away the, and, and you yeah. know, huge chunks of your life and actually when you you're not addicted to anything you're right there present in each day yeah. and that is a real it makes it's like adding years and years decades to your life yeah so i mean don't get me wrong i'm i still like this morning uh, but i wake up like on the weekends i'm like what are we doing this weekend mm. like so i say to them what do you want to do do you want to go swimming who wants to go swimming do you want to go cinema and those are memories those yeah, are yeah. really important but memories but uh, trust me i used to dread things like that and i yeah. can't believe i used to dread things like that i'd wake up on a saturday and they go can we go swimming i'd be like if your mum takes you, maybe. <laughs> but I think she's might be hungover as well. I don't know. But I'll be like, but now I'm waking up. I'm like, right, what are we? What are we doing this weekend? Yeah, yeah. And um, you know, I, I think that, uh, that's a big thing as well. You know, I don't, I, I don't get the craving now. I, I don't. Mm. I, it's probably, it's never going to be gone. But I don't get. I don't. The first time I went sober, I was like, oh, I could kill a beer. I really want a beer. Mm. Um, I, I, something bad would happen. I'd be like, I just want to get smashed. I just want to get smashed. Uh, the first time, and I think that was because I thought to myself that I was missing out. Yeah, um, yeah. But now I don't feel like I'm missing out. I've said this before. I feel like I'm free from it. Yeah. So I don't crave it anymore. I don't miss the sesh. I don't miss the drinking. Well, that, that's why it will work this time because the big, I think the big 
factor in success is um, is if you quit and you feel like you're losing something, yeah. it will be really hard. You have to think about what you're gaining, yeah. and then it becomes really easy. You yeah. know, um, so so yeah, so it's it's it's, a, it's all about your sort of mental mm. attitude to it. But let me tell you a really big secret. Um, uh, what you know, I, I don't think anyone realizes when they first quit which is all the really exciting things happen in year two. Mm. So so like your first year sober um, is really inward focused. So because it's it's so painful. It's a personal and, journey, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's a bit like, I, I feel I feel like it's 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 like you're an onion and you're just ripping off layers, you know. Mm. And it's so, and and it's really it's it's really exposing and it's very painful and it's very intense and it's all you know you you spend a lot of time in your own head, you know, exploring who you are and what you want out mm. of life and all those big questions, right? And you get to the end of that first year and you think, and you you sort of suddenly think. Okay, now what? You know, and yeah. suddenly you're feeling great. You know, you're feeling physically great. You're feeling mentally sorted. You've got loads more energy. You've got loads more time. You're sleeping like a baby. And you sort of think, now what am I going to do with my life? And most people I talk to who've, you know, quit drinking for, for a year start go on and start doing amazing things you know they completely they change their you know their their jobs they change their sort of you know their hobbies they sort of you know they do extraordinary things so you've got all of that yeah. ahead of you I can feel it I can feel it already I can feel I can feel it already and I, I think yeah I, I, I feel like it's the death it's almost like you mourn the death of the old you mm. uh, and um, you know I mean yeah and it's hard not to preach uh, especially when you've got a big social media following. I'm yeah. like, it's so hard not to preach. I've got so many people that are like, fuck off. Not all of us have got problems. And, and some of us can have a drink without da, 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 and all this. But, you know, there's definitely some people around me that uh, that must be like, shut up, man. Like, I'm, I don't want to fucking hear it. But you feel so good, didn't you, that you want to... Mm. Well, I think as one thing saying to people, I feel great about it and being a positive role model. Yeah. Um, you don't need to, you can't persuade someone who doesn't want to quit to quit. No, yeah. You just can't. I don't want to do that anyway. And, and to be honest, I don't want to do that because I, I don't look back on those days and mm. think... Um, I wish I hadn't done it mm. because yeah, I'm the a lot same. of it was good fun. Yeah, it was great fun. Well, that's, that's that. <laughs> and, and that was sort of, yeah. I wouldn't be where I am now if I hadn't yeah. been through all of that. So, you know, so I wouldn't ever say to someone, mm. don't ever drink or don't, yeah. you know, I just, just say sort of actually being sober mm. is a really good lifestyle choice if you get to that point. It's not something you should be scared of. I, I feel like the way I look at it, which makes me feel better, I don't know if this works for you, right? I think that we are all given at birth a lifetime amount of alcohol that we can drink. <laughs> You've had yours. Everyone has the same. And I just did all of mine <laughs> by the time I got to my mid-40s and then it's all gone. Yeah. So, that's you know, a great that's way to look at it. that's the choice I made because I'm not the sort of person that could spread it out. And, not you yet. know, those people who can spread it out for a whole lifetime, fine, good for you, you know. But, yeah. I mean, I would, I'm an all or nothing person. Yeah, me too. I'm just, yeah. I don't do things in moderation. Yeah. And I just... Took all that supply of alcohol, drank the whole lot. Now it's yeah. all done. Move on. Yeah, I think somebody wrote a, uh, a blog, uh, a blog maybe on LinkedIn. <laughs> somebody wrote a like an article. I guess it is a blog on LinkedIn uh, that my wife sent me this yesterday. No, she gave, she showed me it. Um, yeah, sent me it yesterday, and then I read it this morning on the way up here. And it was a lady that was um, congratulating me on on um, 
raising awareness on on um, drink and uh, drink and drug, you know, addiction or da 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 or whatever, right? And she was, but in the she was talking about it in the workplace, very similar mm. to what you were discussing. Mm. And um, I feel like it's a, such a difficult taboo and such a, a hard subject to to gauge or to even talk about because if you even I think people in the UK think if you even start considering that maybe you're drinking too much then there is this fear what the fuck am I an alcoholic am I mm. am I addicted so people yeah see I don't use the word alcoholic no and and I think you know it helps some people some people like it and mm. they I don't you know, like it and I don't want to use the word and, but and that's fine but I don't use it because I think it scares people off yeah well well because I think, as I said earlier, I think it's a bit of a red herring, you know, and and it makes out that you are either a normal drinker or you are an alcoholic and there's nothing in between. Whereas, you know, we know that there is a whole yeah. grey area in between. Yeah. It's a whole slippery slope. Yeah. And you don't want to sort of, you don't want to ever get d- down to rock bottom. No. You want to get off the slippery slope before. Yeah, exactly. And I think, I think that's, that, I think that's, that's where, that's, and I, I want to do what you, I want to do what you've done in the book. I don't want to preach. I just want to document yeah, what I'm yeah, doing. And yeah. Yeah, what I'm doing yeah, and exactly. you're right I, I, I read an amazing book called um, No More Hangovers by Alan Carr have you ever yeah, read that? Yeah um, I've read Alan Carr not yeah. that particular book but yeah, yeah the way that he talks he's about got, he's got a great is really, way, yeah. so it was really clever and um, he spoke heavily and you might be able to give a perspective on this because he spoke heavily about um, uh, I mean he really goes into it at the beginning of the book before you even go into how to stop drinking at the beginning of the book he talks about how it's just natural culture for us mm-hmm. how it's just normal everyday life that it's the only drug in the world that your parents will give you as like a coming of age yeah and it's know. the only drug in the world you have to justify not taking yeah, you know you don't it. you don't have to say you know um well, I don't uh, fancy any heroin today <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but uh, you know people don't go oh go on go on just have one yeah. you know i mean it's it's, mm. it's it's a really, it's a, it's a just historical. If if mm. alcohol came onto the market today, it wouldn't be legal because it's you know it's the one of the most addictive, dangerous substances there is. You yeah. know, but it's just history. So yeah, and it's like I feel very much like you said. You know, you know, it's uh, you know when I was younger, I saw people in my family drinking at Christmas. Everyone got drunk, or at birthdays, people got drunk. Uh, till the age where I was like, oh, I want to be like an adult. So then you know you're sneaking, sneaking around, drinking bits of mm. uh, empty bits of beer and stuff like that and then when you're at school and you know it's like it's part of just becoming a man like you know 15 16 you're like can we get someone to get some alcohol from because we associate having a good time with drinking and being naughty maybe or doing something that we're not yet meant to do Mm. with the drinking and then from from the moment i was a teenager and i had a tiny little bit of freedom all I wanted to do was get pissed with my mates. Yeah. And it was yeah. like that up until about a year ago. <laughs> so, uh, Do you think that was related to the ADHD? Um, I, uh, I don't think so because, well, I think for me, maybe the level I was doing it at was related to ADHD, but mm. I don't think in general because all my friends and every, yeah, everyone, just, just what everyone it, it's did. just culture, you know, everyone. Yeah, that, I didn't know anyone when I was at university. I didn't know one single person that, that didn't, didn't drink. drink. Whereas no. now, actually, if you look statistically under the, under sort of 25s, uh, about a quarter of them don't drink ever. Yeah. Um, which, you know, is, is a really mm. big change. So I d- things are changing. Yeah, definitely. And I think, uh, I think it, 
just going back to in the ADHD, I think like we were talking about before, people use uh, alcohol and drugs to self-soothe. When you've mm. got ADHD, the soothing is much more apparent. Yeah. You yeah. know, and I think the reason I didn't really suffer from being an arsehole when I was drunk, <laughs> I more suffered from being an arsehole on the come down or the hangover. Yeah. You know, once the noise came back, I was like, fuck the world. And it comes back worse yeah, than it was yeah. beforehand. Yeah. But working in marketing, you must, you must, um, well, when you worked in marketing, you looking back now, you must you must sort of realise how much a, alcohol plays a part in everything. Yeah, on well, TV. I, I used to advertise a wine brand. I, I advertised a wine brand aimed at women, yeah. and I created ads. That, I mean, it's ironic, isn't it? You know, to get well, you were the best person to do it. Though. <laughs> you know, yeah. That's why they put me on the business. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's bad when they put you on that campaign. <laughs> Get Claire in. She'll do it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, and it is all about, you know, it's all about the packaging. It's all about, you know, if you do blind taste tests with people, you know, there is very little difference between a mm. £50 bottle of wine and a £5 bottle yeah. of wine, you know, in many instances. It's all just about the mm. the packaging, the branding, you know, everything. Yeah. It's all- I actually, I had a beer brand myself. Oh, did you? I did. I sold kegs kegs of beer. It was called Laughs Beer. It yeah, was a barrel yeah. of laughs. <laughs> very good. Yeah, we were selling it. <laughs> Selling it through lockdown, and um, yeah, it was great. And but uh, the, I mean, we were having live stream sessions of drinking it, and you know, I was promoting it, and my drinking really got heavy during that time. Mm. And um, when I started playing with the idea of going sober, my business partner on the beer was like, "What?" I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, man." And um, I also own a nightclub. Yeah, I've got a nightclub in Clapham, so I had a beer. Uh, I had a nightclub and I'd uh, years ago I released a song called Proper Naughty Sesh. So I was doing music about drug taking mm. and drinking. And these, these, this was ringing bells. Yeah. <laughs> well, my whole my whole life was my whole life revolved around drinking drugs. It did. And then and then I started saying to, and that's how I generated all my revenue. And I started saying I'm going to go sober. People around me were going, whoa, whoa, get him to a pub quick. No, um, but my business partner was like, yeah, that's fine, that's cool, that's that's your thing. So, for, so for me, my transition from drinking into sobriety has I'm like a poster boy for it so mm. it's been a very difficult journey to take my audience on um, but I'll fucking I feel the best I've felt in years do you yeah. know what I mean and I, and I say this in every episode at some point but my wife is like do you know what I mean <laughs> I do not need to know no yeah she, no, she's just saying I'm looking good that's all I'm saying um, but you know back to the alcoholic yeah, thing right because I think this is really interesting so I gave up smoking when I was mm. 30 and I used to I was a big smoker again because yeah. I'm all or nothing you know I smoked and I was this was in the days when you could smoke everywhere you could smoke on trains mm. and on planes and in in offices and restaurants everything so I used to smoke about 30 a day um, wow and, yeah a lot you know I used to wake up in the morning have a cigarette oh. did anything even if, if I woke up in the middle of the night I'd have a cigarette oh. before I went back to sleep I bet that makes you I feel mean, like it's really bad I mean thinking back on it now it's, it's disgusting yeah. anyway I got to 30 and I thought right, I've got to quit smoking and and I realized that sort of you know I, I had to completely quit I couldn't just cut down again can't do mm. moderation so I quit smoking and nobody said, why have you quit smoking? Yeah, <laughs> you know? Exactly. Everyone yeah. went, yay, well done you, yeah. you know, and nobody called me a nicotineaholic yeah. or nobody made me go to meetings, say, hi, I'm Claire and I'm a nicotineaholic. Yeah. And, you know, they just call, uh, I'm a non-smoker. Yeah. I don't smoke. Yeah. Uh, I'm a non-smoker. I used to smoke back in the day. I know I'm addicted yeah. to nicotine. So if I had one cigarette, I'd be back yeah. on a packet in a in no time at all mm. but 
you know, that's it. It's over. Yeah. And and that's the way I feel about alcohol. You know, I'm a yeah. I'm a non-drinker. I don't drink. I'm an I'm an addict. And I know that if I had another drink, I'd be back on it again. But you know, I don't feel the need yeah. the need to give well, myself a label. Yeah, I I completely agree. And Robert Heisey said it in the last one. What you say, what you say in your mind is listening. What you say, you know. And if you keep on saying I'm an alcoholic, I'm an alcoholic. How are you ever going to get past the fact mm. that that you were struggling with it? And I always say the same thing. This is what I say to myself, and this is what I say to people that are following or or watching that think to themselves, um, yeah, I'm drinking too much, and did it. Just reevaluate your relationship with alcohol. Just mm. re if you, and this is what I, this is what I think. I had an unhealthy relationship with drugs and alcohol. Alcohol. It was unhealthy because one, I'd done it in excess when I did it. I couldn't stop really. I mean, mm. I'd, I'd want to, and it's not like I, I was having a drink and going. When I was having a drink, I was going, "Oh man, I've got to slow down." I was having a drink, going, "Yes, I want to get smashed." I loved it, and same with drugs or whatever. And um, you know, I think if just call it an unhealthy relationship with alcohol yeah, and then yeah. and then say if anyone wants to get into it with you you can say well I'm reevaluating my relationship with drugs or alcohol I'm reevaluating mm. it I tell you my, one of my favorite little life hacks really easy is um if you're quitting if you're just in the early days of quitting alcohol change your passwords on everything to something like I am sober oh okay and then you know you remember the, the number of times you have to type a password yeah and it sticks in your day. mind yeah and it just gets your subconscious constantly that's good thinking those words and you know actually just in case anybody is is making notes I have changed my password <laughs> oh, yeah. again yeah. so they are not I am sober yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but yeah it's so just a really simple life hack and, and it works so for all the ladies that are listening so i go on i've spoken a lot about um you know my habits and you know go the things i miss going to the pub and having a drink or um having a drink you know just lads lads style of drinking what were your i guess triggers so say for you you said in your book mm. when you're cooking you had a glass of wine yeah, yeah. so for a, for a, can you talk to me a little bit in uh detail about for women, how, how how where their triggers would be, what they're doing, and how they can look out for that. Like you were saying, it could be your what is it you said? Your I really enjoyed your book, by the way. What <laughs> you could you. say your um your zen and your your zing and your zen. So like it can put the zing in, it can put the zing in like a play date, yeah, and it yeah. can put the zen in yeah. once the kids go to bed. Well, this is the problem: is that I think when you start when you start drinking, you drink sort of for like one reason. You probably drink for social reasons. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. you drink because you're going out, and you want to have fun. Mm. And then you start drinking because you want to relax. And then you start drinking because you're bored. And then you start drinking because, you know, you're, uh, you know, you want to, you want to rev up for something and you want to wind mm. down for something. And you quite quickly find that any single emotion yeah, yeah. You know, the requires drink. Have a drink. Yeah. And actually, I, I think with women, a lot of it, and with mothers, um, there's, you know, there, there became a big, a big trend, which I think I think is is still around, maybe not as much as it used to be. With the the, the sort of wine o'clock culture mm. and the whole sort of there were my my me, social media was always filled with memes about mummy's little helper and and thank God it's wine o'clock and you know normalising sort of yeah. So you know so as soon as as soon as the kids were in bed, you know you'd uh, you'd you'd have a drink, possibly even before the kids were in bed. You know if I went to a play date. Uh, we it was quite likely I'd be offered a glass of wine rather than a cup of tea, you mm. know. Yeah. And um, you know, it's I, I I think it with with mothers often it becomes it becomes the thing that makes you feel adult. Um mm. and it gives you that sort of time in the day that's yours mm. and uh and that sort of 
I, I think that that is maybe a bit different mm. from from guys. Um, but other than that, it's the same. Yeah. You know. Well, uh, does your partner drink? Your husband? Yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah, and um, and I never I never stopped him drinking at home because I figured that you know. I'm surrounded by alcohol all the time. I don't want to stop going out. I don't want to sort of hide away from anything. And I thought I'm going to have to get used to being mm. around alcohol. So it was quite important to me that he mm. car- he doesn't drink the way I did. He's a moderator, so mm. tosser. Yeah, <laughs> I hate them as well. I hate them as well. <laughs> I mean, if I could drink like he could, yeah. I, I'd be very happy. But, um, you mm. know, so he just drinks a little bit. And... Uh, uh, yeah, so so I, um, I I never stopped him drinking, and uh, and I think it's quite good for the kids to see, have an example of one parent that doesn't drink at all, and one parent that drinks, you know, in a healthy way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Um. So with your book, does your, does your partner drink? Yeah. Well, do you know what the funny thing is? Is that um, Shelley never Shelley isn't Shelley was never really much of a drinker but mm. when i drink she'd drink yeah so yeah. so you know if we were at, i mean <laughs> when i was drinking i didn't really drink at home it was mm. weird i wouldn't I, it's not like i'd be at home and i'd be like i'll have a, if it was friday or saturday then i'd drink a lot at home i'd always go out and drink mm. um but if we had people round da, 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 we'd drink together and if i was getting pissed then i guess she was getting pissed it was that kind of vibe do you know what i mean but yeah. now that i've stopped I rarely ever see her drink ever, really? and she doesn't. She knows what I'm like. Once I once I really put my mind into something, like once I focus, once I that's why I put it out there and put it all over my mm. social media and say I'm I'm fucking sober. I'm not drinking. Once I get into yeah, that it's thing, all or nothing. Again. It's all or nothing. <laughs> yeah, like my my head's thing. So it was never. You know, she said to me, "Look, I ain't I ain't going to stop drinking. You know, it's this is your journey. This is what you're mm. doing. You're doing it for your and reasons." Do you find it hard if she drinks? No, not at all. Not at no. all. I, I I don't find it difficult. Um, it, when she's drunk, which since I've been sober in a hundred days, I think I've seen her drunk once. Mm. Um, it's irritating when she's drunk because I'm so aware that she's drunk. And also it makes me... Uh, uh, seeing drunk people triggers me. I do what, it's a bit of a superpower, though. People say yeah. ridiculous things when they're drunk and you remember them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but... It, but it, yeah, 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 yeah. But it's... Yeah, uh, but it's triggering for me because I look at people when they're drunk and I'm like, fuck me, I was worse than that. Yeah. I must have been... I must have looked like a twat. For, I'm not saying Shelley looks like a twat when she's drunk, <laughs> but um, I must have looked like such a twat for years. Um, you know, and... Um, but... No, she, um, she, she's. I think I turned her into a bit more of a drinker than she was through my drinking. Yeah, I did the same with my husband. Yeah, yeah. And he's. I mean, he says that one of the best things about me not drinking is he drinks a lot less now. Yeah. So, um, you know, because we'd open a bottle of wine, which, he, as far as he was concerned, was the first bottle of wine we'd open. Yeah, yeah. And there would be this sort of race to, you know, he'd have to drink faster than he would do normally just to make sure he got, yeah, you know, a couple of glasses. Yeah. Because otherwise, I'd be, you know, I'd finish the whole lot. So. Why do you think we drink like that in excess? Why do you think people... Um, uh, it's, it's brain chemistry, you know. It's sort of when you... Uh, it's like dopamine hits. Yeah, it is. It's dopamine. It's all about the dopamine. So um, alcohol is is an addictive drug, which people... I know it sounds obvious, but, you know, we don't treat it like that. You know, we know that cocaine is addictive. We know that heroin is addictive. We don't think of alcohol like so that. So true. But... The truth is it is. And so what happens is, you know, when every time you have a drink, your brain gets this dopamine hit, which some people are more susceptible than others. Some people, are, you know, like that dopamine hit more. Mm. Um, and so you're a bit more susceptible to addiction. 
So you get that dopamine hit and and you just want more of it. And and the more you get of it, the less impact it mm. has. So so the reason you drink so fast is because you're chasing that yeah. that hit. I had I had a really this is something that I'm really yet to understand and I don't know if it's is if my journey is or my um my addiction or my drinking or drug use is different to to yours. I feel like because I used to actually like the the you know when you get completely smashed mm. but it was always like a positive thing to me and now I look back at how dangerous it was because of because of my behaviors or um just you know I don't know how, how I suddenly woke up to it I'm so mm. glad I did but why I'd rather be in the central London drinking with a load of strangers than at home with my kids I yeah. just I look back was, was there one trigger was there one moment that made you think right that's it it's enough yeah it was a big argument with my partner yeah it was a it was a big it was a big argument with Shelley and um uh you know after a night of drinking we went away to Marbella as well so it was when you had a hangover rather than when you yeah yeah and it was yeah. you know and I just I think I saw you know because well, what it was was going sober, going mm. sober, and everything being lovely with me and her and the kids, and then going, going, going. Oh, you know what? I'll be all right at Christmas. I'm just going to have a few over Christmas. Okay, we should talk about that because yeah. because that is, you know, every, we've all done it. You know, I mean, I mm. the, when I finally quit properly, when I, you know, the, this book was set. That wasn't the first time I tried to quit. You know, I'd quit for six months before then, and yeah. I did exactly what you did. I got to the point where I thought, "Oh, I can just have one now because I, yeah, I yeah. now I'm more sensible, yeah. and now I've reset my my relationship with alcohol, and now yeah. I know, you know, I'm, I know never to do that again." And literally within three weeks, I was yeah, back to drinking the same. Yeah, and and I don't think you can ever quit successfully unless you know that about yourself. Yeah. You know that you can't ever have one. Yeah, well, that. That to answer. Sorry, go on, carry on. No, that was it. Yeah, yeah. No, to to. I don't want to cut you off, but to to answer your question, you're right. So the six months. So what it was instead of me, it was me going sober, realizing I could go sober, and then being like, do you know what? I've cracked it. I'm going to go back to drinking just over Christmas and seeing Shelley and the kids happy, and then mm. going over, you know going drinking through Christmas and then just after Christmas and then it getting worse and worse and worse worse than it was the first time around yeah, when I yeah. worse than it was the first time when when I was given an ultimatum the first time because I was fucking so much shit up sorry excuse my language but um <laughs> uh, I'm just highly uneducated so I'm, I articulate with swear words but okay I'm not your mum okay good alright <laughs> my mum my mum swears worse than me so but um no um but uh, and yeah, and what it was was it was two things. It was it was one her saying, "Look at where we are again," mm. and it was two, um, just the pure horror realizing that I can't control it. I really can't. Yeah, I really yeah. can't. It was like, it, like but that's an important thing to learn. Mm. And you know, when people say to me, "I don't know whether I I've got a problem. I don't know whether I should quit or not." Um, you know, I mean, I, I I do say to them that actually you you won't be able to quit until you know that it's you a can't problem. Just have one, yeah. Um, because otherwise, that voice is always there, going, mm. you know, I wasn't so bad. I can just, you know, so mm. you just need to know that about yourself, yeah. And and then it's a. And I think I think where that comes from is where definitely where that comes from is to get rid of the the, the image that you need to be clutching a bottle of vodka on a park bench. Um, to, yeah. to have a problem. Yeah. Whereas if if you're if you're if you're saying to your partner, I'm not going to be an arsehole again, and then the following weekend you're being an arsehole, and then you're saying I'm not going to be an arsehole again, and then the following weekend you're you're doing it, and then you try and stop mm. and you can't, mm. then uh, then yeah. yeah, yeah. But um, all right. What, how are we doing for time? 
Uh, we have done 50 minutes. 50? Yeah. All right, cool. Um, yeah, I, got, I had loads of questions, but do you know what? We've done it all naturally, but I'm going to have a little, <laughs> I'm going to have a little flick, flick back through. Ah, yes. So the Sober Diaries, they can get, they can buy the book. Um, I got it from Amazon. No, and, yeah. Uh, and this is going to sound really weird. I don't know if anyone else does this, but I listen to the audio version as I read it. I don't know if that's because I'm mental. <laughs> I don't know if that's because I'm... But I think what that is, is in case anyone looks at me, it looks like I'm reading a book <laughs> and I'm actually listening to it. But I find that helped me. But, um, <laughs> but um, what's the biggest or what's the general sort of uh, reaction you get from this when people talk about it to you? What do oh, they... God, you know what? It's, it's so amazing because, I mean, that book came out five years ago and I get emails from people every single day all over the world saying, I read your book and... I could have been reading about me yeah. and um, and it was just really helpful. And, you know, and I get people, you know, really lovely messages from people saying that, you know, it just transformed their lives. And mm. it's really humbling. It makes me feel quite emotional. Emotional, yeah, I bet know, it does, yeah. Because being able to sort of, I, and, you know, telling your story is a really... It's it's a really powerful thing to do. Mm. So, you know, hats off to you for, mm. for doing that because, you. you know, you will be changing people's lives, maybe not immediately. You know, it's often it's you're just lodging a mm. thought that, you know, yeah. you might not act on immediately, but in a year or two's time, they'll remember it and mm. they'll come back to it. And, you know, it really being a uh, you can't you can't do what you can't see. Yeah. So, you know, the more people you see who've been, you know, in that position mm. and come out the other side and are mm. happy about it and proud of it and doing mm. well, the more you think I can do that too. So, mm. you know, it's a great thing that that you're doing. And, Thank you. And, um, you know, it's it's uh, it will not just change your life, but everyone mm. else's. And, you know, the AA, the, the 12th step of AA is giving back. Um uh, so helping other people. Did you do that? No, I didn't. No, I didn't. But I read the big book. I read so I read it, but I didn't ever go to an AA meeting um, again because I've got an issue with the word alcoholic. Mm. Uh, but AA are an amazing organisation, yeah. and you know I'm not. You know I have no. Mm. Yeah, you know, I, I I think they're fabulous, but I didn't do it. Um, so uh, what was I saying? Yeah, you were saying that helping other people, they got yeah, a message yeah, yeah. in there. So, yeah. so helping other people. Um, the reason for that is that, firstly, it's a good thing to do to help mm. other people, but also it helps you too yeah. because it reminds you where you were because yeah. the dangerous bit, as you know yeah. from last time you fell off the wagon, yeah. is when you start feeling great and you forget how bad yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah, and you yeah. just sort of, and then you convince mm. yourself that actually it yeah. wasn't so bad after all. Mm. Um, and when you help other people on the same journey, you constantly, you're connected with people who are still going through that hard bit. Yeah. And it reminds Mind you yeah. how far you've come and it stops mm. you. And you will have this thing in the back of your head that goes, I can't have a drink because I'd be letting down all yeah. these people yeah. who are looking to me to yeah. be a positive role model. Mm. And, you know, did last time you went sober and then fell off the wagon. Were you doing this? Were yeah, you doing I felt I felt horrific actually because there's there's some people that I get contacted. Um, my my inbox is is a crazy place, especially at the moment. Um, I think there's so I think especially men. I think I connect with men, but I think there are so many people out there that are watching mm. what I've said and they're like, "Fuck, man, I'm I'm right there." Mm. And um, I get I get a mixture of messages. People. Some people not very happy. I get some people saying, you know, it's like holding a mirror up to them. They don't want to see mm. it just yet. But I get a lot of messages from people saying, um, 
thank you. You know, uh, you know, it seems normal. And that's that's exactly what I got from your book. When I read your book, just in the first first few pages, I read it and I was like, yeah, it's completely normal. See, what I was yeah, doing yeah. is completely normal. I'm not I'm not like a a, a weird, I'm not like um, a drug alcoholic, like mm. horrible. I'm not like a diseased, like, you know, <laughs> I, you know, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but I didn't feel like a cretin. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, well, I'm, you're not because, you know, the problem is, and again, it's, it's down to sort of, you know, the old imagery and stuff that, you know, it's easy when you end up having a problem with alcohol to blame yourself. You know, there is something wrong with me. You know, mm. I've got some sort of disease. I've got some sort of, mm. you know, everyone else is able to drink normally and I can't. I've got a problem. It's not your problem. The problem is it's a drug. You know, it's, yeah. you don't blame yourself when you yeah, become plus, addicted to, to heroin. It's like it's heroin, yeah, and plus heroin is the, the drug. It's more, it's more, to me, it's more than that. I think to me, it's more than it just being alcohol. To me, it's society, right? I, I, it make, deems it normal, completely mm. normal. And the, the problem is um, once and plus look we again that's why I would never change anything I feel like and I'm writing a screenplay at the moment with John that we're just about to I'll, I'll make films as well with, mm. I'm a film producer and we, we're, um, we've been writing this amazing screenplay haven't we and and we're taking everything that we've learned in, into it and it's very much like this when the party stops but you keep going yeah, yeah? yeah. so like I think it's perfectly normal we grow up in our early to late teens and 20s Alcohol is fun, man. You're socialising, you're out, you're drinking. It's all fantastic, you know. Well, it breaks that social barrier. You can meet people. You go mm. abroad on holidays. Everything is drink. And for me, it was drink and drug fueled. Some people get to the end of that merry-go-round when they settle down into families and stuff like that. And it's mm. no problem for them to leave it behind. Yeah. But, that, some, yeah. but for that, me... Uh, well, something you were saying earlier about... Um, mm. You saying that when you were a kid, it's like, oh, this is like an adult thing to do. I'm being an adult by having a bit of a drink. Yeah. Mm. Something I was reading about was that we no longer have kind of initiation ceremony into adulthood for men and women these days like something we've lost from from history so there is no like, yeah. moment where you become like into the adult world so that's why you drink because there is nothing else to do that's yeah. kind of how you get there oh right so it's like a, a coming of age it's like you're doing that yourself yeah. with your friends and whereas, stuff whereas like if we were living in tribal times there would have been you have your ceremony that you do and now you're an adult so yeah yeah okay that. yeah i get that i get that yeah it can feel like that but i i, I and i think that it carries on and look, some people can let go of it. Mm. Um, but I think that um, a big struggle is you go, because it, 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 it pulls you away from your family and stuff like that. But some people can go, oh, do you know what? Some people naturally mature out of it or they don't need the crutch, you know, or maybe they don't, you know, they don't need the escapism yeah, so much. Yeah. But I think there's some of us that we've come to love and rely on that escapism, that escape from reality mm. and we can't, and, and then that becomes a problem, the but escape. You know, you know what's really changed and, and you're part of this um, is, you know, in my day when I was doing my blog anonymously, there was this whole community of people who were quitting drinking but we were all under the radar. We were all anonymous, mm. we were all sharing stories but sort of in this sort of mm. very quiet corner of the internet, you know, and now... People are out there on Instagram, on YouTube, on TikTok, you know, yeah. talking about being sober and talking about it really positively. And yeah. that's a really new thing. And I think that will really mm. change stuff. And, and, you know, so, you know, what you're doing is really is really important. And it doesn't mean it's, it's not about being preachy because, mm. you know, I... I hope, you know, anyone who can deal with alcohol without it messing up their lives, I am, you know, thrilled for you. But 
pissed off about it. But... <laughs> yeah, yeah, a bit jealous. <laughs> a bit yeah, jealous, yeah. but but you know, but there's you know, good for you. But you know, but for those who can't, it's a really helpful. Yeah. It's a really positive message. Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, oh, that was fun. Uh, our first lady, Claire Pooley from, it's a Cornish name, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah it is. And um, are you on Instagram and Twitter I or am, where yeah. can they find you? Just if you. So um, I'm on uh, Instagram as uh, as Claire underscore Pooley and I'm on Twitter as uh, at C Pooley writer. So. Brilliant. And where can they find, now listen, I 100% man or woman are, I'm terrible at reading, writing, my ADHD, my dyslexia, and just being just a bit dumb. Oh. Reading is not my thing, and I breezed through this book. <laughs> I know there's going to be people out there in the comments going, he can read, but um, <laughs> I breezed through this book. Um, yeah, my, my publishers describe it as Bridget Jones dries out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 well, it, it's great. It's funny. Have you always been, did you see yourself as a bit of a funny person? Were you always quite funny? Because uh, there's a lot. Yeah, it, yeah, I was. I yeah. was always I was always a class clown. Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. was me. Because, because yeah. you, you know, there's a great anecdote, great story where at the beginning where you were saying about, you know, someone come around the house, knocked on the door, and you were sort of hiding, and the kids were on their <laughs> own. And so, anyway, I won't ruin it. There's, there's a lot of good stories in there, but also the main thing I want to take away from, from chatting is that, um, just being a casual drinker, um, if it's catching up on you, it's completely normal. Um, to to be worried about it like we were, both were and just explore man read 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 books like this and you can relate to other people that are going through the same thing and if you want to uh readjust the way of thinking and your life and your lifestyle it's more than possible isn't it yeah yeah absolutely and you know it w it will transform your whole life um mm. you know it's it's uh it's probably the single most transformative thing you can do, I think, is, wow. uh, is quitting, you know, drugs or alcohol. Uh, it changes everything. Yeah. So it's not easy, but, no. you know, it's it's really worth it. Yeah, it's scary because you think to yourself, what am I going to do for fun? But, <laughs> but that's a problem in itself when you think and getting off your nut or smashed is fun. It's, <laughs> it's a problem yourself. But, um, but yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much. Well, well done, you. I'm so proud of Thank you. Thank you. And I, I appreciate <laughs> that. Thank you. And um... yeah, that's, I tell you what, if you know anybody, um, just anybody watching this, listening to this, if you know anyone who's quit drinking, just take the time to give them a hug and say, I'm really proud of you because Thank you. Yeah. you need that, you know, and, yeah. and people don't do it. They're really scared of talking about yeah. it. They ignore, they avoid. It's quite, lo it's quite a lonely yeah, thing to do, isn't it? Say, well done, you know, mm. I mean, it's, 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 I'm really proud of you. You're doing a great thing. Thank you. Yeah. So it's really important. Yeah. It's, it is, it's, it's a terrifyingly lonely thing because you can't, really connect with the same people you do connect with or you feel like maybe you're pushing them away yeah, and yeah. it's a very weird thing and and uh, yeah and and it's like I've got a big problem sometimes you feel like it's all about you and it can be mm. but you know I know for a fact that my my little kiddies as annoying as they are are getting a lot a, a much more patient father so yeah bet they are but thank you very much for saying no. that no thank you Woo! Right, thank you very much. That was great. Uh, make sure you subscribe. Drop in the comments anyone else uh, that you would like to see. Please give us, like to see on the podcast, please give us lots of feedback. And look, go check out the book. Uh, I'm not on commission. I'm genuinely saying this. It's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a good fun read. And um, give her a follow. And um, yeah, keep sharing, interacting. And um, thank you very much for tuning in. And thank you, Claire. Thank you again. Yeah, thank you. Just a minute. Just, just a minute. Just a minute. Just a minute. Just a minute. Just a minute.